Trying to describe Aretha Franklin's voice is like trying to describe a rainbow. It is unspeakably beautiful. Listen to her at just 14, already awe-inspiring in her first recording, Songs of Faith. The Aretha that we will later hear on so many great records just all of a sudden explodes out of your speaker, and you realize she was born to do this. Her mother, a gospel singer. Her father, C.L. Franklin, a civil rights leader and pastor. If you anticipate failure, believe me, you're going to fail. Known as the man with the million-dollar voice. Aretha reminisced with Diane Sawyer while cooking grits in her hometown of Detroit. But your dad, in addition to being a great, mm -hmm. great preacher, was also a singer? Yes, he was. And you were how old when you sang in the church? I started in the junior choir at um, 12, 11 or 12. Yeah. And literally every big star in gospel would not only pass through his church, but would come to his house and stay the night. And we're talking about some of the greatest singers of the 20th century, the great Mahalia Jackson. Sam Cooke. Sam was one of our house guests, yes. Smokey Robinson. Smokey, Sam, yeah, Dinah, uh, Oscar Peterson. She was surrounded by the greatest talents in gospel, and people started hearing her sing. And when she sang, she was magic. Her father recognized that magic. In a rare interview for an ABC News documentary, along with husband Ted White, Aretha talks about her father. He coached me a lot in uh, singing, taking my time and working with the song. Then um, I decided I wanted to change fields, so I let him know. And uh, he felt that this was what I wanted to do, and this is what I should do, and that he would help me as much as he could to get into the field of rhythm and blues and pop music. Okay. At age 18, she left the world of the church musically and yes. stepped out into the secular world. Yes, yeah, that was, was a big deal. Her father had been managing her. I. I imagine it might have been a difficult conversation because he's this epic preacher, but to his credit, he continues managing her and setting her up to have a secular career. She signed with Columbia Records. I had wonderful years at Columbia, I really did. Those were the days of Rock About Your Baby and uh, Try a Little Tenderness and Skylark and It Won't Be Long. Oh, gave me a wonderful and a very firm foundation. But while she recorded nine albums for Columbia Records, her true genius was not realized. Did Columbia just not know how to produce her? I think Columbia didn't quite get her. They had her sing old They put her in fancy dresses and gave her old school music and didn't really let her do her thing. I've still got to find out who and what I really am. I don't know yet. I'm trying to find the answer. In 1967, Aretha left for Atlantic Records, and it was a game changer. 
When she moved to Atlantic Records, she found people that really believed in her. Precious love, take my hand. She got a chance to really sing and craft songs that came from her heart and build songs that were coming from her piano playing. That's what I'm playing. It's gospel to me. This, as compared to the gospel to me has a lot more movement to it and a lot more of what I feel is so. A lot more feeling. It says more than this. This is yeah. <laughs> she brought that sense of soul to Atlantic Records. Here recording, Come Back Baby. It's a matter of feeling and it's also a matter of sound. So we keep going over tapes until we're both, you know, together. Until you smile, when you smile, you know you got it. I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You, Aretha's first pop single for Atlantic Records. That hit the radio in February of 1967, and that began to change everything. That set off a string of hit songs for Aretha. Including, of course, her biggest, Respect. That was such a groundbreaking song at the time to have an African-American female artist come out with a record like that at that time. And Aretha was actively involved in how that record sounded. The idea of spelling out the letters to respect, that's Aretha's idea. It moved to the civil rights movement. People marched to that music. People asked for respect. But I think sometimes it's easy to forget that Aretha was this vibrant young woman. She was at every party. She was at every march. She was being like this amazing black woman thrust onto American culture, and she was wearing that crown in her 20s. Back in Detroit, Aretha was beloved. In 1968, Martin Luther King Jr., a close family friend, was on hand when she was honored by the city. Therefore, I, mayor of the city of Detroit, do hereby proclaim Friday, February the 16th, as Aretha Franklin Day. Just months later, she sings at Dr. King's memorial. The beginning of a series of searing performances at pivotal moments of history. When the mood was darkest, when the sense was at its most hopeless, Aretha's voice could offer a ray of possibility, transcendence. Aretha Franklin had reached legendary status, but she was beginning to lose ground. The soul music sound that was so popular in the 60s and the early 70s starts to fade away. Hi everyone, George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. If you'd like to get more videos, show highlights, and watch live event coverage, click on the right over here to subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to download the ABC News app for breaking news alerts. Thanks for watching.